Take me down to the house pink city where the grass isn't green and the houses aren't so pretty. Oh, I'll flip, flip them all. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, what's going on? All of my fantastic flippers out there. Hope you have had a phenomenal week. Uh, I know we've had a pretty good week. We put another three houses under contract. Not bad. Not bad. Not quite where we want to be, but still pretty good. Can't complain. Can't complain. So today we have got an amazing short and sweet, but incredible uh, lineup for you. Um, I'm going to play the video. I've had a ton of Great feedback from the video that my father-in-law, Tom Wood, uh, did last week at our uh, seminar, the one that Kale interviewed him on, where he talked about some of the struggles that he's had. Uh, So many people have reached out to us and said how much that has inspired them. So I thought I would play that for you all. Uh, At the end, we are also going to be announcing the winner of the biggest flipping failure competition. As you know, last week I interviewed our two finalists and we will be deciding who the winner was. Was it Dave or was it Hector? So you will hear that at the end of um, the interview with Tom, my father-in-law. So before we get crack-a-lacking though on that short and sweet interview from Tom, just wanted to talk a little bit about a couple things. Um, first off, you guys have heard me talk about the compound effect with Darren Hardy. I do not recommend many books, but that is one that I highly, highly recommend. You get, you listen to, you study. It's a fantastic book. I just no nonsense, just gets to the point, talks about things that we should be doing on a regular basis. Uh, it could be retitled by small and simple, consistent things over time are great things and incredible things brought to pass. Okay, that's a long title. But that's truly what that book is about. Um, you know, it showed my father-in-law, you know, he he left what he was doing. Every day he's getting in there, he's taking calls, making calls, following up. It's not, hasn't been easy for him. It's been really difficult going from having a master's degree and being a school teacher and being well-respected to taking calls from people and making calls and having, you know, people swear at him. I mean, literally, we talk about failure. He's failing much more than he's succeeding because he has to make a ton of calls to get a deal. But over the long run, he is now finding success. And in fact, one of the houses that we tied up last week was because of him. He was in Utah uh, at a funeral, but he was while he was there, not at the funeral, but at the in Utah, he was able to take some calls. And he set up an appointment for Kel and negotiated a guy down. And then Kel was able to go and tie it up. Um, so he's just making things happen. Super proud of him. Um, so that is one example. And then um, another thing that we are doing this week is, you know, my sister-in-law, Amber, right? Tom's daughter. By just happens to be Tom's daughter. So she came down to visit a couple weeks ago. And, you know, she's working on uh, improving her her health and wants to lose some weight and, and stuff like that. So we were talking and I told her, I said, hey, um, 
this was kind of inspired by Andy McFarland. I have to give him some credit too. I said, hey, how about I give you a job? I am going to pay you. It's going to be a research project. You know, Andy did a research project that he told me about where he paid some kid to read books and it really changed the kid's life over a year. So I thought I am going to pay you to, um, to work out and to write down everything you eat. And this was kind of taken out of the compound effect, not the paying part, but the consistent and persistent actions over a long period of time part, just every day doing, um, doing these small things that make a big difference in our life. And I told her five days a week or what was, was it six days, five days a week, um, for one hour each day, you were going to work out and I'm going to, I'm going to pay you for it. It's your job. Just going to do it every day. Uh, you're going to work out 45 minutes of that. You'll work out just walking or jogging on a treadmill or a stair step or whatever you want, something cardio. And then the last 15 minutes will be an intense, uh, weightlifting workout where you'll just do lightweight. She doesn't know, you know, really know much about weightlifting, but anything you want lightweight. And the goal is to do 150 reps and then build up to two, 200 reps and eventually 250 reps over a 15 minute period. So just kind of a burnout all out. And during that 45 minutes, she is going to listen to positive books like the compound effect or other books, which I tell her to listen to. And I have a prediction that by her doing this, and she's going to blog about it all, by the way, that once again, came, pound, came from the compound effect. I have a prediction that without her thinking too much about the end result, she's going to weigh herself and take measurements just because I want to have that as data for my research project, for my theory. I have a theory that over time, um, without thinking about the end result, but just doing it, it's a job. It's a job. You know, she misses a day, she gets fired. Pretty much. <laughs> I told her, you know, if you're incredibly sick and can prove it, you know, we'll give you a break. But it's just like a job. Every day, she's just going to do it. And um, I have a theory that just by doing it without really thinking about the end result, she's going to see great results. And, you know, I just read this article by James Clear, which I'll include in, in the show notes as well. And he was talking about kind of that same thing, saying that the systems that we and the processes that we set up and, uh, and apply into our life, our business, anything are much more important than the goals. And sometimes setting a goal is almost feels like saying, I'm not good enough. I need to achieve something greater. Uh, but it, don't get me wrong. I'm all about goals too, but a system and actually just doing those things is a lifestyle change. And it's just, part of the process. It's just what you do. And that's what the compound effect is, is all about. Just, this is what you do, creating those habits and just doing those things day in and day out, which give us the most ultimate happiness and ultimate success, if you will. But when we worry about accomplishing these big, huge monumental goals, it can be overwhelming and discouraging and somewhat depressing in ways. If we just focus on creating processes that'll help us achieve the things in life that we want, then that is when we're going to achieve those things. Just setting up those systems, setting up those processes. So I uh, wanted to throw it out there. Amber, super proud of you. Um, one more platform that we're putting this on to, you know, it's going to help hold you accountable and you're just going to go do it. She's going to do it. Said, so don't get too excited about it. Nothing crazy. You just have a job as your new job. <laughs> and, uh, I'm interested to see the results. So part of this blog that she's going to be starting 
I thought about, you know, doing the same thing with other people over time. I said, you know, this blog is going to draw users. Uh, you know, people are going to draw a, a crowd to it. I said, over time, we could probably advertise on that blog and make a profit from it. And the goal, the idea is to have it be a perpetual thing where I can let other people then achieve other goals that they have in life and I'll pay them to do it. They're going to get paid to achieve their goals as part of this research. And anyway, it, we're pretty excited about it. But point being, let me kind of bring this back home though. Um, let me talk first about what I'm doing with my wife. Okay. So in the compound effect, he also, I'm amazed at how much he talks about his wife. And that was really eye-opening to me because I thought it was going to be a book just on business, but it was on overall happiness and personal growth and improvement. And the number one thing in his life, which is the most important, is his spouse. So he spends time every single day, basically before he does anything else, thinking about her and what he appreciates about her and writing those things down and thinking of how he can make her life better and how he can be a better husband. So I've decided to do that uh, in my marriage as well. Um, yeah, I think I'm an all right husband sometimes, <laughs> but I know I could do a lot better. You know, Tara is the single most important thing in my entire life. And I just don't show her that enough. I don't, I don't tell her enough. I don't show her enough. Not that I don't. I just don't focus on it enough. So I've decided to uh, follow his advice on doing a Thanksgiving uh, journal. What I'm doing is just on Facebook. Every day I'm going on for the next 25 days up through uh, Thanksgiving and writing something that I appreciate about my wife. Uh, once again, he talks about how he did this for a year and it changed his marriage because every day he was focused on that thing. He was focused on his marriage, focused on what he appreciated about his wife. So once again, I know this is a house flipping podcast. It's not a weight loss program or a marriage relationship program, but the principles are the same. It's not about the big goal of having a huge amount of success. Um, it's about having and doing those small and simple things every day, consistently over time, and creating those systems. As you guys know, I'm big on system creating those systems that will allow you to reach where you want to go. Kind of going off on another little tangent here, I just had somebody on my thread on Bigger Pockets, the 150 houses in 2014 thread on Bigger Pockets, just asked me, you know, what is your role in your business? And I responded and said, my, my role is to not have a role. You know, I guess essentially my role is to just think of things that I can do to help those in my business to continue to grow and push them to reach their limits. But if I give my myself a job description or a job title, then it's not really a system. You know, my goal is to have everything in my business be systematic. So anyway, just just thought that was that was kind of interesting. Quite often, I think as um, an entrepreneur, a business owner, we feel like we have to give ourselves a role, but truly our role should be to not have a role. Unless of course your name is Kale or Tom and you're listening to this and you work for me, then you have a role. <laughs> but, but to those of you who are out there trying to create your own business, your goal should literally be to take yourself out of the business. And yeah, at first you are going to have to fill some of those roles, but 
your goal literally should be to not have a role in, in any business you are creating. If you were going to be the true entrepreneur, be the true business owner, that is a big job in and of itself. So that should be your goal. All right, so let's go ahead and get to that interview with Tom Wood and Kel Darling. And after that, we will announce the winner of the Biggest Flipping Failure Challenge. Is it Team Hector or Team Dave? We will find out. Take it away, Kel and Tom. All right, so Tom has to go to Utah um, this weekend. So he's not going to be at the conference that everybody's at. So we're going to ask him a few questions. He just got his first deal yesterday. Um, so, so yeah, we're going to ask him a few questions just so we can kind of learn from his experience. But so here it is raw. We're just going to go for it. Um, so tell us just a brief background of kind of, you know, what you were doing before, why you're here, and just a little bit there. Well, I was a school teacher, taught marketing in high school. Um, had one college class, so and I love business, anything to do with business, love that all. Um, and actually really never anticipated getting into the real estate market. Uh, as a teacher, you know, future was good. I love teaching, love my students. But I made a goal a few years ago, and um, I realized that the goal just did not match with the, the teacher income, and I just did not know how. I was going to be able to do that. And, and uh, so anyway, from making that goal. So a fi- financial goal, right? Financial goal. Yeah. It totally changed my my career path unexpectedly, but <laughs> it hit the goal. I, I had to go for it. And so saw some opportunities with uh, Justin and, and my son and and uh, was crazy enough to actually go for it. <laughs> good, good. And so what have the past like two weeks looked like for you? What have you? Um, I'd have to say that the past two weeks uh, were some of the most difficult, um, you know, in my life because really it was at, at this point walking away from a very very stable career with quite a few years of teaching and all that, uh, and then to jump into this, it was like have I made the worst mistake in the world? <laughs> and, you know, my wife, she is amazing. But at the same time, you know, we're both like, whoa, what, where, 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 where are we going? What's going to happen? And why did we just give up? You know, so, and then especially to uh, have, you know, I don't know, success in my teaching career. And then, all of a sudden, I'm just like begging, calling on the phones. <laughs> yeah. You know that that is a mental adjustment like no other, and so it was actually uh, extremely difficult. Yeah, definitely. Why why was it so difficult? What were some of the, like the challenges that you came across, or like? Oh uh, well, first off, you know, in your brain, your brain is just screaming so loud that first off, you can't do this. Uh, yeah. Do you have the, for first off, you don't have any knowledge. Do you have the personality? Do you have the determination? Do you have whatever skills and all the skills that you need to, to do this? And, you know, the, your brain now becomes, you know, like this monster on top of your head screaming, you know, 
uh, you can't do that. And that you have to control that that monster. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. To so getting the first deal calms that monster yeah. <laughs> for a little while, <laughs> for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Um, for about 12 hours yeah. and I wake up and ready to go again. <laughs> yeah. So what was, uh, maybe like the thing that was the hardest in the, like one task that might've been harder than the others or something that was kind of hard to get adjusted to, or I think the hardest, well, for me personally, the hardest task is, uh, you know, some people have phobias of snakes, uh, <laughs> or heights or whatever. I mean, I seriously had a phobia with phones. I mean, that was, I just, I mean, I, yeah, it was terrible. And to realize that yeah. it's now got to be my friend. Uh, if the phone rings, that is money, that's cash. And, and I knew it was a mental thing. And I just had to work through that. And what was the, what was the first thing that we had to do when you came into this office? Oh, first, what did we ask you to do? Just start making phone calls like crazy. <laughs> and were those qualified, like happy people, no, or no, what was that? No, these were you know leads that would hang up on me, and and you know several have mentioned their feelings about me personally, <laughs> you know, in, in words that I wouldn't repeat to my mother, and a few things like that. And so, yeah, pretty much traumatizing. Good. But I knew that's a step that needed to happen. And so yeah. uh, as traumatic as it was for me, I went for it anyway. Cool. Good, good. Okay. So give us, um, let's talk about this deal that you just got. Like what, what happened and like, um, well, let's see. I think she called in from one of the marking pieces that you'd sent out. Okay, I'll give you a sneak peek. One of those, but anyways. And uh, so she called uh, over the weekend, left a message, uh, I think it was Saturday. And so Monday morning, uh, I'm returning the phone calls, and I was not able to get a hold of her, so I just left a message. And, and uh, she called back a couple hours later, and Jordan actually took the call. I wasn't, I think I was at lunch at that time. And so when I got back then, worked on a few other things, followed up some other leads, made some other phone calls, and then I called her back in, in the afternoon and realized that she was actually, her situation was pretty unique. She needed to sell the home. It was, uh, uh, she inherited it from her mother, and her mother passed away in April. She could not afford uh, the mortgage payments. She just received a large tax bill in the mail, and she can't pay that. Uh, she's only she, her at her employment. She was cut down to part time, uh, and her boyfriend passed away uh, a few months ago as well, a couple months before her mother did, and so she was uh, she was struggling and, and uh, needed some help, and so we came in and to help her, and uh, it turned out good for us as well. So you didn't take advantage of her and steal the house from her and got it pennies on the dollar? <laughs> no, I, I mean if if you look at it. It was very comparable to other prices in the area. I mean, basically for the condition of the house, you know, it, it was a, a extremely fair offer yeah. for that house uh, under the conditions. But with the numbers in the area and so forth, it, it 
What, did, what was she well. originally asking for? What did she want the first time you talked to her? First time yeah. I talked to her, she was looking at 375000 and And then when you saw the home and then you said, realistically, what do you want to get out of it? You know, we can't pay three seventy five. Then what? what's the second price she give you? So then I told her, yeah. And, and I told her that uh, I had driven the comps in the area, looked at other properties and as soon as I started to tell her that those are all, she finished the sentence for me and says, yes, I know they're all really nice, fixed up, look great homes. And so I didn't add anything to that. I just let that slide because I knew she was thinking about that. That was in her mind. And so uh, that was the day before when I when I talked to her. And then when, when I was at the property, I kind of reviewed that with her. Well, I, that was pretty much the conversation of the property, but... Then when we call back to actually get a number, I just came back and said, you know, the number you're asking for, looking for is not realistic. Give me a real number because she knew that I was serious and I knew that she was serious. And, and she came back and says, well, do you think you can give me 250 So that's 125000 yeah, yeah. from where she started to where, where she came in. And then anyway, then we ended up, ended up being uh, – Two hundred forty-seven thousand five hundred. Yeah. We, we ended up with them, and yeah. she signed immediately. Got the contract right back. And yeah, that was that was quick, and it worked out yeah, well. great. Good, good. So now, how are you feeling? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. It is a, it's an adrenaline rush. That the negotiation part, just like you mentioned once before, yeah, is really it's. You know, I could see some needs. She had a sister that's disabled. They need some money for the sister to help her move and, and do a diff few different things. And so this inheritance for her and for uh, that she received from her mother is going to help her. It's going to help her sister. And we solved her problem. She, one of the problems that uh, the bank had notified her uh, that I found out that the mortgage was an interest-only mortgage. Mm -hmm. So the bank, and, and I think they refinanced house in 2008. So the bank is putting pressure on her because they're behind on payments and it's an interest only and they wanted her. So she tried to refinance, but no income. And so she really couldn't do anything there. And she was considering bankruptcy and, but then, and the bank wanted to short sell the house, but she realized that they owe less than a hundred thousand on the house. So she's going to lose a lot of money if she lets it go into, you know, a, a short sale kind of a situation or even foreclosure. So, so our situation was very helpful to her. And through this whole process, the last, I don't know, year, year and a half or so, as I've been trying to kind of understand the real estate market, someone had mentioned that uh, as they close these deals and, and uh, uh, help people out, that people actually tell them, oh, thank you so much for helping us out. And I had this little fantasy in my mind. I can't wait for the day mm -hmm. that someone says to me, Oh, thank you so much for helping us. It turned out great, and God bless you, kind of a thing, you know. And and so my fantasy was fulfilled last yeah. night. Yeah. She told me uh, she just thanked me over and over again, and so much for helping her and helping her solve the problem and working things out. And I'm like, that was a fantasy. Yeah, I checked yeah. it off. It yeah. was it was awesome. Along with multiple fantasies yeah. at that same time, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> getting awesome. the first deal was the biggest one, but. Yeah. So, yeah. still hesitant on the phone. You get how are you feeling? No, I'm, phones? I'm 
I'm feeling much better. Plus, I realized that it is, I mean, that phone rings, that's cash. Yeah. And I want it to ring because that's every, every little ringy-dingy is yeah. cash. And so I, I just want to focus on that, keep that in my mind. Uh, I mean, if, if you look at it, I was, I was trying to visualize in my mind and try to focus it. You know, hey, that phone rings, the minimum amount could be a thousand bucks. Yeah. Or more, easily. Mm-hmm. You know, every time it rings, tens of thousands possibly. And so uh, that is so huge. And if you can just see that and focus on that to overcome hesitations and people that want to, you know, call your mother names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, it's okay. Good. All right. Well, we're all going to clap for you now. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Tom. All right. Thank you. Oh, I love it. That doesn't pump you up. I don't know what does. Super proud of you, Tom. Um, it's incredible. And so many people are able to connect with with the struggles and trials that you've had and what you've gone through and, and now what you've been able to accomplish. So super proud of you. Um, all right, guys. You ready for the big moment. Drum roll, please. And the winner of the 2014 Biggest Flipping Failure Challenge is Hector Perez. Congratulations, Hector. Good job, Dave. It was super duper close in my book. You guys are both winners and everyone else who participated in the challenge um, and everyone else out there who, uh, you know, did it through them. Okay. All right. That's enough. Thank you, everybody, for what they've done. So, okay. So this is how this is going to work. Um, Hector, the, as you know, as you guys may know, I offered one of two prizes. One was going to be my old car, which is a clunker of a clunker. It's the car that my wife and I got when we first got married. So it's very old and needs some work. <laughs> and well, it doesn't need work. It, it, it runs, but it's not the nicest car in the world. I just want to make that clear. This was more for fun. And the other prize that they could choose was um, spending half a day with me at Disneyland with tickets, tickets for two. So they get tickets for two to Disneyland for the day. And half of that, I would be there and go meet up with them. So just kind of talk, hang out and you know, whatever they want to talk about. It's a free game. So the interesting thing is I kind of assumed the winner would be here from Southern California. So it'd be really easy to get them their prize. Uh, however, uh, Hector is in Texas. So, uh, Hector, uh, you can choose, you know, you can choose basically what you want or how to get it, or maybe we'll just come up with a cash prize. I don't know. We'll get that figured out. So you and I will talk buddy and we'll kind of let everybody update everybody next week, um, on what you decided and we'll go for there. So, all right, everybody, that is the end of our show today. You can visit housefippinghq.com slash episode 63 for all the show notes, quotes, tips, and tricks, and anything else you need. You can comment there, ask questions, whatever you need. Oh, also, before I let you go, I wanted to give a quick reminder that November 15th is the deadline, my birthday. November 15th is the deadline for accepting any final... Fail fast flipping students, house flipping 
HQ mastermind group, whatever you want to call it, um, accepting new people into our program. So if you are interested in doing that before the year is over, go to failfastflipping.com for all the details and to sign up, or you can shoot us an email at info at houseflippinghq.com if you have any questions in that regard. All right, guys, have a great week. Get out there, take some action, make things happen. Remember the systems, the small things, the process, just put it together. What are you going to do day in and day out? Or what is somebody going to do to help you improve your business and just start making those things happen? And before you know it, your wildest dreams will be coming true. I don't even like to put it that way because once again, it makes that big, huge goal and, you know, disappointment if you don't get there right away and just little by little do the consistent and persistent things. You know what you need to do. Make it happen. Take some action. We're here to support you. If you're able to join our community, we'd love to have you. And we will see you guys all next week on the House Flipping HQ podcast. Until then, I'm your host, Justin Williams, saying, don't flip out, flip a house. I just made that up. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you guys later. Bye. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your Your ultimate house flipping resource. For intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.